Alawapa friends, welcome to Scattering Angels. It's the 18th day of lofty, loftiness, the year 175 of the Buddy calendar, March 19th, 2019. Um, I'm going to continue our reading of Tablet to Dr. August Farrell. The original Persian text was first published Cairo 1922. This translation is taken from the Baha'i World, Volume 15, pages 37 through 43. We left off yesterday, and we'll just pick right up where we stopped. And as we direct, we observe that man is likened to a tiny organism contained within a fruit. This fruit hath developed out of the blossom. The blossom hath grown out of the tree. The tree is sustained by the sap, and the sap formed out of earth and water. How, then, can this tiny organism comprehend the nature of the garden, conceive of the gardener, and comprehend his being? That is manifestly impossible. Should that organism understand and reflect, it would observe that this garden, this tree, this blossom, this fruit, would in no wise have come to exist by themselves in such order and perfection. Similarly, the wise and reflecting soul will know of a certainty that this infinite universe with all its grandeur and perfect order could not have come to exist by itself. Similarly, in the world of being there exist forces unseen of the eye, such as the force of ether previously mentioned that cannot be sensed, that cannot be seen. However, from the effects it produces, that is, from its waves and vibrations, light, heat, electricity appear and are made evident. In like manner is the power of growth, of feeling, of understanding, of thought, of memory, of imagination, and of discernment. All these inner faculties are unseen of the eye and cannot be sensed, yet all are evident by the effects they produce. Now as to the infinite power that knoweth no limitations, limitation itself proveth the existence of the unlimited. For the limited is known to the unlimited, just as weakness itself proveth the existence of power, ignorance the existence of knowledge, poverty the existence of wealth. Without wealth there would be no poverty, without knowledge no ignorance, without light no darkness. Darkness itself is a proof of the existence of light, for darkness is the absence of light. Now concerning nature, it is but the essential properties and the necessary relations inherent in the realities of things. And though these infinite realities are diverse in their character, yet they are in the utmost harmony and closely connected together. As one's vision is broadened and the matter observed carefully, it will be made certain that every reality is but an essential requisite of other realities. Thus to connect and harmonize these diverse and infinite realities, an all-unifying power is necessary, that every part of the existent being may in perfect order discharge its own function. Consider the body of man, and let the, the part be an indication of the whole. Consider how these diverse parts and members of the human body are closely connected and harmoniously united with the other. Every part is the essential requisite of all other parts and has a function by itself. 
It is the mind that is the all-unifying agency that so united all the component parts, one with the other, that each discharges its specific fun function in perfect order, and thereby cooperation and reaction are made possible. All parts function under certain laws that are essential to existence. Should that all-unifying agency that directeth all these parts be harmed in any way, there is no doubt that the constituent parts and members will cease functioning properly. And though that all-unifying agency in the temple of man may not be sensed or seen, and the reality thereof be unknown, yet by its effects it manifesteth itself with the greatest power. Thus it hath proven and made evident that these infinite beings in this wondrous universe will discharge their functions properly only when directed and controlled by that universal reality, so that order may be established in the world. For example, interaction and cooperation between the constituent parts of the human body are evident and indisputable, yet this does not suffice. An all-unifying agency is necessary that shall direct and control the component parts, so that these, through interaction and cooperation, may discharge in perfect order their necessary and respective functions. You are all well aware, praise be the Lord, that both interaction and cooperation are evident and proven amongst all things, whether large or small. In the case of large bodies, interaction is as manifest as the sun, while in the case of small bodies, though interaction be unknown, yet the part is an indication of the whole. All these interactions, therefore, are connected with that all-embracing power, which is their pivot, their center, their source, and their motive power. For instance, as we have observed, cooperation among the consistent constituent parts of the human body is clearly established, and these parts and members render services unto all the component parts of the body. For instance, the hand, the foot, the ear, the eye, the mind, the imagination all help the various parts and members of the human body. But all these interactions are linked by an unseen, all-embracing power that causeth these interactions to be produced with perfect regularity. This is the inner faculty of man, that is his spirit and his mind, both of which are invisible. In like manner, consider machinery and workshops and the interaction existing among the various component parts and sections, and how connected they are one with the other. All these relations and interactions, however, are connected with a central power which is their motive force, their pivot and their source. This central power is either the power of steam or the skill of the mastermind. It had therefore been made evident and proved that interaction, cooperation, and interrelation amongst beings are under the direction and will of a motive power which is the origin, the motive force, and the pivot of all interactions in the universe. Likewise, every arrangement and formation that is not perfect in its order we designate as accidental and that which is orderly, regular, perfect in its relations, and every part of which is in its proper place and is the essential requisite of the other constituent parts, this we call a composition formed through will and knowledge. There is no doubt that these infinite beings and the association of these diverse elements arranged in countless forms 
must have proceeded, proceeded from, a, from a reality that could in no wise be bereft of will or understanding. This is clear and proven to the mind, and no one can deny it. It is not meant, however, that the universal reality or the attributes thereof have been comprehended. Neither its essence nor its true attributes hath anyone comprehended. We maintain, however, that these infinite beings, these necessary relations, this perfect arrangement must of necessity have proceeded from a source that is not bereft of will and understanding, and this infinite composition cast into infinite forms must have been caused by an all-embracing wisdom. This none can dispute, save he that is obstinate and stubborn, and denieth the clear and unmistakable evidence, and becometh the object of the blessed verse. They are deaf, they are dumb, they are blind, and shall return no more. Now regarding the question whether the faculties of the mind and the human soul are one and the same, these faculties are but the inherent properties of the soul, such as the power of imagination, of thought, of understanding, powers that are the essential requisites of the reality of man, even as the solar ray is the inherent property of the sun. The temple of man is likened to a mirror. His soul is as the sun and his mental faculties, even as the rays that emanate from that source of light. The ray may cease to fall upon the mirror, but it can in no wise be dissociated from the sun. In short, the point is this, that the world of man is supernatural in its relation to the vegetable kingdom, though in reality it is not so. Relatively to the plant, the reality of man, his power of hearing and sight, are all supernatural, and for the plant to comprehend that reality and the nature of the powers of man's mind is impossible. In like manner, for man to comprehend the divine essence and the nature of the great hereafter is in no wise possible. The merciful outpourings of that divine essence, however, are vouchsafed unto all beings, and it is incumbent upon man to ponder in his heart upon the effusions of the divine grace, the soul being counted as one, rather than upon the divine essence itself. This is the utmost limit for human understanding." as it has previously been mentioned, these attributes and perfections that we recount of the divine essence, these we have de derived from the existence and observation of beings, and is, it is not that we have comprehended the essence and perfection of God. When we say that the divine essence understandeth and is free, we do not mean that we have discovered the divine will and purpose, but rather, rather that we have acquired knowledge of them through the divine grace revealed and manifested in the realities of things. Now concerning our social principles, namely the teachings of His Holiness Baha'u'llah, spread far and wide fifty years ago, they verily comprehend all other teachings. It is clear and evident that without these teachings, progress and advancement for mankind are in no wise possible. Every community in the world findeth in these divine teachings the real realization of its highest aspirations. These teachings are even as the tree that beareth the best fruits of all trees. Philosophers, for instance, find in these heavenly teachings the most perfect solution of their social problems, 
and similarly a true and noble exposition of matters that pertain to philosophical questions. In like manner, men of faith behold the reality of religion manifestly revealed in these heavenly teachings, and clearly and conclusively prove them to be real and true remedy for the ills and infirmities of all mankind. Should these sublime teachings be diffused, mankind shall be freed from all perils, from all chronic ills and sicknesses. In like manner are the Baha'i's economic principles the embodiment of the highest aspirations of all wage-earning classes and of economic economists of various schools. In short, all sections and parties have their aspirations realized in the teachings of Baha'u'llah. As these teachings are declared in churches, in mosques, and in other places of worship, whether those of the followers of Buddha or of Confucius, in political circles or amongst materialists, all shall bear witness that these teachings bestow a fresh life upon mankind and constitute the immediate remedy for all the ills of social life. None can find fault with any of these teachings, nay, rather, once declared they will all be acclaimed, and all will confess their vital necessity, exclaiming, Verily this is the truth, and not is there beside the truth, but manifest error. In conclusion, these few words are written, and unto everyone they will be a clear and conclusive evidence of the truth. Ponder them in thine heart. The will of every sovereign prevaileth during his reign. The will of every philosopher findeth expression in a handful of disciples during his lifetime. But the power of the Holy Spirit shineth radiantly in the realities of the messengers of God, and strengtheneth their will in such wise as to influence a great nation for thousands of years, and to regenerate the human soul and revive mankind. Consider how great is this power. It is an extraordinary power, an all-sufficient proof of the truth of the mission of the prophets of God, and a conclusive evidence of the power of divine inspiration. The glory of glories rest upon thee. Written Haifa, 21 September 1921. All right, I'm going to continue our reading today from the hidden words of Baha'u'llah. We're going to satisfy ourselves with just one rather long hidden word. It's the 18th hidden word from the Persian. O ye dwellers in the highest paradise, proclaim unto the children of assurance that within the realms of holiness, nigh unto the celestial paradise, a new garden hath appeared, round which circle the denizens of the realm on high and the immortal dwellers of the exalted paradise. Strive then that ye may attain that station, that ye may unravel the mysteries of love from its windflowers and learn the secret of divine and consummate wisdom from its eternal fruits. Solaced are the eyes of them that enter and abide therein. And I'm going to close today with a prayer from the Baha'i Prayer Book. It is on page 194 and 195. It's in the section for teaching. Glory be unto thee, O Lord of the world, and desire of the nations. O Thou who hast become manifest in the greatest name, whereby the pearls of wisdom and utterance have appeared from the shells of the great sea of Thy knowledge, and the heavens of divine revelation have been adorned with the light of the appearance of the sun of Thy countenance. 
I beg of thee by that word through which thy proof was perfected among thy creatures, and thy testimony was fulfilled amidst thy servants, to strengthen thy people in that whereby the face of the cause will radiate in thy dominion. The standards of thy power will be planted among thy servants, and the banners of thy guidance will be raised throughout thy dominions. O my Lord, thou beholdest them clinging to the rope of thy grace, and holding fast under the hem of the mantle of thy beneficence. Ordain for them that which may draw them nearer unto thee, and withhold them from all else save thee. I beg of thee, O thou King of existence, and protector of the seen and the unseen, to make whosoever arises to serve thy cause as a sea moving by thy desire, as one ablaze with the fire of thy sacred tree, shining from the horizon of the heaven of thy will. Verily thou art the mighty one, whom neither the power of all the world nor the strength of nations can weaken. There is no God but thee, the one, the incomparable, the protector, the self-subsistent. Baha'u'llah. Thank you for joining me at Scattering Angels. Um, I will hopefully see you here the next time. And have a beautiful spring day. Bye-bye.